want to uh, tell you the basis to the next number of weeks of which we will be speaking, and that is, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Actually, what I want to do today, if, you're, if you'll be patient with me, this is not the type of message that you're going to tell all your friends, hey, listen to that, okay? This is going to get one million hits inside of the next week. No, I'm actually setting two tables today, if that's okay. The first table that I want to set is simply for the fact that we are going to be meeting. So you might consider this an extended devotional to get us into that meeting. And I think it's important that we have ourselves prepared for that. And in, in so doing, I want to introduce to you this idea or that we're going to carry on with this series. Now, the series title that, we've, that I've given it is our 2020 vision starts with me. That's the title of the series that we're starting today. Doing something that I've never done before. Basing this series on somebody else's work. It's a book entitled, I Am a Church Member. And uh, we have been aware that um, this question of membership maybe needs a little shoring up on how we approach it within the context of our church. And that's entirely on me. And so I, I want you to be aware of that. So we're gonna, I'm going to follow. never done this before. I don't expect I'll ever do it again. I'm going to follow what's laid out in this little book called I Am a Church Member. Now, it's appropriate... Because today, this is why I say we're setting the table for today, is we will be receiving some people into membership. And that's why we want to deal with it. Now, here's what's going to happen. Uh, we will be voting on, on Mike and Jess Anderson, and they're going to take part in membership with us then, and we're just so excited that, that they're coming and uh, in, in asking to become involved as members. Well, I could have used this book now to bring them through a process, but you know what? If all we did was just start now and bring these other people through, all of you who've been here for years won't know what it is where they're coming from. And so the idea came to me that, uh, that let's just take, and through one time, we'll take all of us through this series. And then we know what people have been through when in subsequent years they come to us, they will, hey, because we don't want them to come with this incredible vision while we're all lethargic and don't know, have any idea what they're talking about. So that's how we're going to approach this. And I do want to ask one question because we're going to deal with this whole question of membership. Um, you're, you, if you haven't begun, I encourage you, start getting to know the Anderson family. They are an absolute delight, and we are honored to have them with us. Now, I sent, I sent an email to Jess, who I think she may be doing children's church or something like that, and I don't think she's actually in the worship center right now, uh, she said, yeah, because the response to me, yes, we'll be in church. Mariah and I will be filling in the nursery for Amy Buck. But you're welcome to put Mike on the spot, she said. It says right here, buddy, black and white. I got a copy of it right here, okay? But here's what I wanted to get you up to speed on, because we've introduced you corporately to Mike and Jess and their family before. And for Mike's health, we're happy to report as of today, and I got this yesterday, currently in Rochester... 
Mike's scan continues to be stable. Now that's good news, isn't it, Mike? That is good news. Can we, can we thank God for that? Can we just please thank God? This is the kind of report that, that they are looking for, and we're thrilled to hear that. Now, you, if I'm understanding, it's literally yesterday, you guys were in Rochester? Okay, all righty. So that's how current that this is. It also says here that, that you have completed your chemo regimen. Now, they've given you all they're going to give you, or are you going to do, go to something different, Mike, that they then will just sustain? How does it work now? Okay. So, that, so our continuing prayer for you is that it remains stable, that there's this ongoing effect that, just, that it stops right here. And if it starts to grow again, will they, will they reintroduce the same chemo? Okay. All right. Okay, so that is great news. We are thankful for that, and I understand you're going to be doing scans every two months because there is the possibility of recurrence. I mean, it's definitely something that can come back. So we're celebrating with this precious family. They're coming to us. These are the ones who are, who are applying for membership, and uh, they have um, just, just had a, just a wonderful sense of of God's work in their life. And here's a note that I think, again, we celebrate, right? Because as, as we do life with one another, you know, the Bible says, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. It says, on February 20, it, that this is coming up just a few weeks, marks one year since Mike's grand mal seizure, which kind of indicated that, whoa, something's going on, right? It is only by the grace of God we have made it this far. So that's the word from Jess, who's caring for kids in the nursery. So that's the first table that I wanted to set. We're talking about a book about membership. We're going to be welcoming in a family into membership, and we are delighted to have them, and I'm encouraging you to get to know them. The second table that I want to set this morning is looking forward to the remainder of this year. And that's why I've entitled this, Our 2020 Vision Starts With Me. Our vision for 2020, for the rest of the year. I've been waiting to get to this annual meeting so we can now say, hey, let's look forward. Now, if you'll be patient with me, to some of you, I know some of this is going to seem old, but some of it will hear it for the first time. First, let me just indicate, I'm intrigued by how I got this book. I didn't know the book existed. If I understand correctly... Cal Lindstrom gave a copy of the book to Miles Hogberg, and Miles sent, got a copy to me. He said, you might want to take a look at this. Cal's really excited by its impact. Well, what intrigues me about that is when I got here years ago, 25-plus years ago now, I just kept seeing what was happening with Miles' generation that was raised in this church. And I remember I asked the question, What happened? <laughs> So many of you from that time frame are serving Christ. You are walking with the Lord. You are involved in churches, okay? And uh, Miles and Cal are best of friends all these years. And so it's exciting to me that Cal, who from that time and since has gone on into pastoral ministry, the fruit that was born in, in his and Miles' life back then as they are far more mature now, comes back to say, hey, let's recommend this. And, and this really, so in my mind, this goes back many, many years. 
in terms of our connection to this because that fruit from those young boys having been raised in this church now is coming back to say, hey, let's bless the rest of the church with something that we have learned. I just find that intriguing. Secondly, I'm very hopeful that the content of this book is going to help us for years to come. As I've said, I'm going to use it as foundational for membership applicants from here on. And what I want to do is keep everybody up to speed. And I just think it would be just a great idea that, hey, we all have a fresh look at the beginning of 2020. And it's just so easy to work on that whole looking vision thing with, with the calendar year. But it's time. It really is time. And so we can all get a fresh look and get onto the same page today. I'm excited by what's going to happen here because to me the timing is good it's time to do something like this. Now, here's where I want to give just a little bit of a, a history for newer people because a lot of us sitting here do not know this stuff. And for those of you who know it, you could do it by rote. Can I just ask that you'll let it just bless you to hear it again? Rather than being frustrated with me, just let it bless you to hear this again, to see it in its fullness, and see how good God has been to us. How good he has been to us. Approximately 25 years ago, when Pond first arriving, we said as a board, we said, you know what? We need to come up with a mission statement. We need that. And for 20 plus years now, the mission statement is printed every week in our bulletin somewhere. You see it roam around there. Advancing the kingdom of God by reaching and developing people for God. I want to tell you, friends, that mission statement has served us well. It has helped keep us focused. Now, you need to understand the basis of it. Advancing the kingdom of God, that's based upon Matthew 16, 18. You know the story. Jesus asked, who do people say that I am? Of, of Peter. And uh, uh, Peter's, you know, yeah, they got all these different views out here. And he says to Peter, Peter, who do you say that am? He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, blessed are you, Simon Peter. Blessed are you. For the kingdom of heaven has shown this to you. And he says, your, your name means rock, okay? Your name means stone, actually. But upon this rock, I'll build my church. This truth that I am the Christ, the son of the living God. That will be foundational. And I'm going to build a church Peter says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus Christ is building his church and the evil one cannot stop it. So we wanted that to be part of our mission statement 25 years ago because we are like, hey, guess what? This is what God is doing in the world. He's building the church. So we want to be a part of that. So that's that phrase, advancing the kingdom of God. We're being a part of those who are building the church of Jesus Christ. By reaching and developing people for God. All right, this is what we're going to do. You know, we know what God's doing. We want to take part in it. And we have two things. And this comes from the Great Commission, going to all the world. Preach the gospel, make disciples. Ah, okay, so we need to be a disciple-making people. Can I, can I just encourage you? Can I encourage you? 
within the last two months, because of people here, God using people from this fellowship right here, in the last two months, I know of three who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ because of their connection to people with this church right here. That's, that's the reaching side of what is happening. That's two months. Developing. Can I, can I just share something else? As we see people develop, the one thing that has worked well for us as far as, as, far as seeing people develop is, is to give people an opportunity to minister. Give them an opportunity to serve where, where their giftedness and, and how God has, has wired them can come to the surface and then we can help bring that forward. And I could give you, I could give you example after example after example. One that you have, one that you've just, we've already commented on is Amber. We've watched Amber and her music since she was little. And it was obvious when she was little, this girl has a gift. And now she's using that for the kingdom. She has developed that gift and will continue to do so. But can I throw something else out there? Um, and I think Mike has named it as uh, 14 years ago that it began. But we were having, um, I hope it's okay if I go here, Mike, you know where I'm going. We were having our church picnics out for a few years. We did them up at Lake of the Bronson. And they had the, they had the family camp there. And uh, so there was one Sunday, I, I'm not sure exactly why, but one Sunday I said, just seemed like, I said, Mike, would you like to bring the message at the picnic? Would you like to be the one who brings the message to us at the picnic? Say, you know, I think I might like to do that. Fourteen years later, on down the road now, okay, because Mike took that, built on it, developed, okay, he has one of the most, and I've said it to him, one of the most unique ministries I've seen in this area, because Mike knows people from all over this area, because he's preached in pulpits all over this area, that gift has been developed, and God has used him, and uh, he's, it's almost like he's got this itinerant ministry, and he's still going out, if you don't see Mike here on a Sunday morning, you wonder why isn't that deacon at church, because he's preaching in a pulpit somewhere around here. And now God has brought that to this next level because just a few weeks ago, Mike began his studies as an enrolled student at Oak Hills Bible College. Now, how incredible is that, huh? That's developing people. God has given us the privilege for that to be happening. And we could, we could go on and on and on about that. Allow me to speak just a minute about ministry philosophy because our ministry philosophy has been here that we work shoulder to shoulder. I am not the pastor while you all serve under me or serve me or serve for me or at my behest. That is not how we operate here. Our, our ministry posture is this. We're here together. We're all serving. We've all been gifted. We've all been called to do something and uh, to the degree that you're willing to, to be called or, or to serve, we want you involved here. We work shoulder to shoulder. And uh, from day one, that's how we have been operating. We put a high value on the unity of the Spirit. And we strive for that, it, it's, as Ephesians tells us to do. We strive for that. And some of the things that we have held ourselves accountable to is things like 
when we deal in our meetings, and I hope we will express it here, things like kindness, respect for one another, no accusations about somebody's motives. That was on the table 25 years ago. You could tear into somebody's motives publicly. Yeah, you don't do that here anymore because we're going to treat one another with kindness, respect, no accusations. We've also held a ministry philosophy. Just so you know, here's where we have been, people, that every church is unique. So every church has its own special em emphasis that God is calling that particular body to work from. And we'll see that uniqueness here in just a little bit. So that then also means that we don't build our ministry by criticizing other churches. You have never heard me criticize another ministry. They're responsible before the Lord for their ministry, and we're responsible for ours. And we're going to not try and build up ourselves by putting down others. So that's our ministry philosophy for these years. And out of that, oh my, has God been good to us. Awana has now been going. I think they now are in their 25th year. Raise your hand if you've been with Awana since the beginning and you're still there. Go ahead. You're not expecting this. Lori. Cheryl. Cheryl's here. Cheryl. There's Cheryl. And Tim, who's always serving somewhere, is back in the kitchen. Okay? We have three people who've been serving in Awana for 25 years, but we have had many, many others who have come in and God's called upon them for a season. 25 years of Awana ministry didn't exist before. Uh, you need to, I just need to tell you, okay? Connie Folden. Love Connie Folden. Connie Folden helped move us. You see her now, and you know, she comes, and she's got her rheumatoid arthritis, and she's concerned about her sister, and, and uh, she's got to deal with Jean, which is a problem every day. And <laughs> but I will never forget when we were in the other worship center. I just feel indebted to Connie because she could see something. God prompted her that I was totally frustrated about what we were doing with worship. And it came on the Sunday, when, on the week when I sat on a Friday, three hours. Three hours I sat with the old hymnal, trying to pick out three silly hymns. And it was so frustrating to me because I knew there, this, our worship should be far more dynamic and uh, personal, and there's so much more could be done. But I'm not a musical person, and I couldn't pull that off. And Connie, after that day, came to me and said, would you like help with worship? Would you like help in planning the worship? Oh, thank you. I've been praying for someone. And God raised up Connie, and she got us moving. And then she opened the door to some new ideas. And then we built this worship center. And then the young people came with hearts ablaze. But because the door had been opened to new ideas and new thoughts, they just slid right in, and God used them, and we were off and running but we watched that change happen, and we also watched in the meantime other churches that split over the idea of, of updating some worship style. And we did not. We lost nobody. During that time, we've built two buildings or had two building programs, and in the midst of those two building programs, we have purchased two properties that are out here. We've done it all without carrying a mortgage. One, there was this brief little time when we bowed against pledges, but just a very short time. But we've never had a mortgage burning. We've never had that thing that after 10 years, you know, it's like, hey, we're finally paid this off. And Bob Gensel told us, he's a, he's a consultant that we used, that the way that it went for us, 
that he has told other churches that we recommended, hey, work with Bob, he's good. And then the churches would tell us, but Bob would come to them and say, uh, you know what happened in New Folden? Don't expect it to happen here. That was, that was crazy, unusual. That is not normal. How can that be? Because God has been gracious and kind and generous to us in how he has, how he has worked out ministry. There was a time frame when, um, when, we, when 25 years ago, our approach to missions was dull. It was just dull. And we knew that is never going to spur anyone to be serious about missions, foreign service, anything like that. And so over the course of time, revamped some things under Larry Bursness's leadership. And now Peggy is uh, in that role, and uh, she's doing a tremendous job. But the dream was maybe one day we could send a team somewhere. That was the dream. Maybe we could send a team somewhere. We have sent teams to Haiti, Mexico, Vienna, Romania, India, New Orleans. Those are teams. And then we have seen, and this, is, this matters, because we need to spur a younger generation. We have seen college-age individuals go to Hong Kong, New Zealand, Italy, Brazil, and the Far East. Maybe I'm forgetting some, but we've seen all of that happen during the course of these years. We have built some wonderful relationships with missionary families. Last October, we had the Bliss family here, and you were so generous and so kind and offered them so much encouragement on, on a love offering that, that was received. They, they could hardly believe what had taken place. And uh, they have told us on more than one occasion that when they come for home assignment, this is the church that they feel most connected to. How thankful we are for that. And we've maintained our connection with Eric and Christy McCulley, who uh, Eric was raised in this church. How wonderful is that? Another thing that has made us unique are big events. If you're new to us, you don't know these things. And, I, and please understand, I am not tooting our horn or trying to be proudful. I'm trying to help us understand historically, here's where we've been. Now we need to keep that in mind as we consider 2020, okay? But one of those unique things that God has given us is an opportunity to have what I will just call some bigger events. In fact, he gave us a bigger vision. We do not speak about ministry in New Folden. We speak about ministry in Northwest Minnesota. Because presently, we have people sitting here presently from four different counties. Do you know that right now? Sitting here right now. Four different counties represented. This is not a new fold in enterprise. This is God's people with a big vision and, and big hearts and wanting to serve him. So, how many of you don't remember the passion play? Raise your hand. You don't remember it. See? Oh, you all remember it then. I didn't do this well. Okay, you do remember. Remember the Passion Play? That was one of the first big things that we did that came out of this church and packed the school gym. Literally packed it. thousand people were in there for a Passion Play early on. 
Miles' leadership brought Pam Stenzel into the school. Now, that was not quite as big, but brought her into the area so she could speak on purity. And uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful um, event that took place. We have undertaken to have Eric Hoven, the creation speaker, who is uh, uh, the son to Kent Hoven, and came and did a tremendous job to, to come speak at the school. The 9-11 Remember America event with the flyover that the lady who did my last arrangements with her on the phone over the flyover, she said, over the flyover, she said to me, I need to tell you something before we go. This does not happen. These guys do not fly over events as small as yours. Now, it was only 3,000 plus people, but they don't come to towns of 368 people. See, I just want you to know, this does not happen. How do you account for that? I account the grace of God for that and how he has called us uniquely to serve. We have undertaken to have the power team in our area. We were asked to do the county fair in Marshall when it reached the 100th county fair. And uh, we were the first church outside of the Warren churches to be asked to do something. And then when they wanted to dedicate and acknowledge their new stands, their new grandstands, they came back to us. And I wish you could have been in the board meeting that night when we said, yes, we will take on that and that service. And at the same time, before we left there, realizing God's leading us to bring in Lori Line. And there was, you know, 14 to 1,500 people that were there. That's unheard of. Absolutely unheard of. We have... We are, we are the church that has had the privilege for our area to have youth events at Newfest that kind of fell off a couple years, but they'll come back. Okay. The Five Cent Family Fun Fair that's been put on that we are now being told, hey, families really want this, all right? And it's right out here in the land that God gave us a number of years ago. When we first got here and I first watched Newfest the first time, I saw a parade go by and there wasn't one church in a parade. I thought, why are no churches in this parade? I didn't know what, what this play, what Newfest was about, but oh, here's a parade. There's not a single church here. Well, Mike Adamick got on that one because he was working with Juana at the time, and Mike's got floats going on in the parade after that, and other churches started coming on board, but we, we had the privilege of, of, of getting some vision going for that. You are the only church that I know of that picked up readily when the denomination said, hey, you ought to have a sabbatical policy for your pastors. And they put that out to all the churches within our district. You might be the only church that picked it up and ran with it. And it has been wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Men's ministry started by three young men. Two of them are here today, or at least some of their families are. Um, but Steve, Paul, and Ryan, Steve uh, Levenhick and Paul Hanson, Ryan, Ryan uh, Williams, they started the men's ministry. It still goes to this day. I cannot tell you. It's not like it's every day, but how many times through the years I've had either pastors or men tell me, I wish there was something like that in our church. It's needed. And it continues on. And then God, by his grace, however many years ago, brings along Dave Stinnell, wild man of the north, and he gives us a summer ministry with our men that is outstanding. By the way, August 6th, 7th, 8th? 6th through 9th? Six, August 6th through 9th is the Trout Lake fishing trip this year, guys. So there it is. It's happening again. The only church I know of around us that has had a paid administrative assistance 
for the last five years, two full-time pastors, unheard of, people, unheard of. It's been an amazing run, absolutely amazing. God is good, God is kind, God is gracious, and he alone gets the glory. But, a few years back, Miles brought a report from... uh, uh, from being at a district conference, he said, you know, what we learned is churches run on a 20 to 25-year cycle. and They can be doing really well, but then it's just kind of like the, the, the illustration he brought back was a, a big cruise liner going across the ocean and, and, and then they slow it down and you don't know it's slowing down. You don't feel that it's slowing down. And that's what can happen with churches. So we took that seriously. Now we, we began to ask the questions, how do we not fall into that pattern? We're very much aware, one of the things we speak among ourselves, everything has a shelf life. You've got to change stuff from time to time. I tried to, you guys will all remember this, this will forever be a wonderful little time in our, in our history, you know. I suggested the idea of a name change. We weren't ready for it at the time. I wanted the name. Yeah, you chuckle now. <laughs> it wasn't funny when it was happening, people. I was concerned about the name change because I really think more than that, we need a better sign. And I didn't want to buy a sign and then realize the next month, hey, now that we have a sign, let's change our name. It's like, no, let's change our name first and then we'll get a sign that represents that. But something needed to change. And, and I feel like we've wandered in the wilderness a bit. I want to be honest with that. And some of you have probably felt that. And, and I, began to, I, I began to contemplate one thing as I'm, as I'm trying to sort this thing out. And that is this. We've become a whole new generation of people. That's the thing that we have to consider. We need to step back and say, well, who are we now? That all took place with a different group of people. We just said goodbye to five of them this past, this past year. Well, four. One of them wasn't here, but although the uh, last 15 years, Joe had been with us. But we said goodbye to, to four of those women who are part of that generation and part of that leadership and part of all of that. So it's like, man, we've got to think this through, how, what we do with who we are today And so I got to thinking to myself, it's time to revisit some of the discussions that we had 25 years ago and get those discussions current. Because I realize not everybody has has been in on those discussions. And to a degree, it's kind of like, you know, there's the the story that is told about Vince Lombardi, and he wasn't pleased with what was happening with the Packers, and so he he wanted to go back to basics. He told him he's going to go back to basics. He lifts it up. He says, man, this is a football and to a degree, that's where we need to start, I realize. Maybe I've assumed everybody's thinking with us, and maybe we're not. So last summer, I had this idea about a series I wanted to start. In fact, I wanted to start it leading into Christmas, Seeking God, Healing, and Community. And I wanted to base it on Genesis chapter 3. I think it's going to be a great series. I approached Lori Lindholm about actually creating a logo for it. I like that idea. I'm not sure whether or not we ought to use it as a motto or whether or not we ought to use it to replace our mission statement just to say, hey, it's time for something new. But I know this much, what, we're gonna, what we are going to do with this book will dovetail perfectly with the third part 
of that series. So I still hope to do it, but we will have been informed on some of it already. So I bring you back to our core text. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. The subtitle to this book is Discovering the Attitude that Makes a Difference. Because that's really what it, it needs to happen, friends, in each one of us. We need to get our attitudes adjusted into the right place. Now, what I'd like to just tell you is in the, in the introduction to this book, okay, he describes it. This is what we do, you know, writers create these little stories about Liam and Michael. And they both had two different perspectives about their church. And Liam wants to leave the church because the pastor's not feeding them and because people aren't living the Christian life well enough and Michael is enthused about the church. And so it's about perspectives. It's about attitudes that he describes with each of them. And, and here's, the, here's what he sets out for us because he's going, to, he's going to help us move through this, right, as we consider this whole thing about being, um, about being members of a church. One second here. Allow me this. Okay. Join me, he says at the end of his introduction, join me on this journey of discovering or rediscovering the privilege and the joy of church membership. When this journey is over for you, two things will likely take place. First, you will likely have a new or renewed attitude about your church. You will learn the joy of being last instead of seeking to be first. Instead of being a whiner, complaining about what's wrong with your church, you will be a unifier seeking what's best for your church. Second, your church will begin to change. It will become healthier because one of its members is healthier. And as the church gets healthier, it will have a greater impact on its community or northwest Minnesota and the world as we are engaged in, in the missions around the world. I am a church member. In these next few pages, you can discover what that really means. Get ready for your life to change. Get ready for your church to change. And watch what an impact your church can have on northwest Minnesota and indeed the entire world. If you'd like a copy of this book, because it's going to define where we're going, there's about 10 copies sitting out on the information table. You're welcome to do a couple of things. Just take it. Call it yours. You're welcome to take it, bring it back. Just borrow it, read it, and put it back. That's fine. If you do choose to, uh, to take it and decide, well, I'm glad to keep it. Now that I've read it, I do want to keep it. If you want to help defray costs for it, I don't have one in here, but each of those books has an envelope. And, so, you know, a suggested donation of five bucks would cover the cost of the book. Slide it under Brenda's door if you choose. If you choose. Nobody's saying you got to do that. Take the books if you want to get ahead of this study. It's a, a grand little time that we're going to have together. Here's what I'm hoping. If you'll let me wrap up with this as we consider that, you, uh, that now you are the body of Christ and members individually. From that text, here's what I'm hoping you'll come away with three concepts. Number one, we're on the winning team of the only game that really matters. Everything this next week is going to be about the Super Bowl. And by about the end of March, we'll have forgotten who played, who won, what the big plays were, unless you're that, that guy who you know, eats all of that up. But it'll just go on to be just another game that was played and passed. And it doesn't ultimately matter. That's first of all. Second, you matter on this team. God has a place for you on this team. 
where your gifts will be utilized. And then secondly, once you come to grips with, we're on a winning team, I have a place, we also need to embrace that everyone, embrace that everyone matters on the team. And that's where we learn how to strive for the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. That just because I have a place, I can't dismiss the fact that others do also, and I treat them with love and kindness because they're my brothers and sisters in Christ, and together we play on this winning team. So friends, I hope you'll join us because there's nothing more wonderful. There's nothing more wonderful than to be in fellowship with God's people and, and, and realizing that we're, gonna, we're striving for a, a goal together. Last week we talked about the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. A goal that we can't lose if we will let God continue to direct us. Please, I know some of you are thinking, no, I didn't bring anything. Come, if you can only stay 10 minutes, eat with us and stay 10 minutes. We love your fellowship for that 10 minutes. If it, you can stay longer, stay for part of the meeting, give us some input, we'd love to have that also. I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to close in prayer, and because of the time, I'm going to actually pray for the food right now. Is that okay? Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you've called us to be part of a church, a local church, Lord. And I, I pray that you will give us a new vision for 2020, a fresh look at how we need to do ministry together, Lord. And so we, we yield ourselves to you to that end in Jesus' precious name. And we thank you for the food we're about to receive. Amen.